GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Hello listeners, my name is Anna Millichamp. I am a senior teaching fellow here at Bond University and also the project facilitator of Health Cert's suite of medical nutrition management courses. Today we're going to be talking with Christina Turner, Assistant Professor at Bond University. Christina is one of the expert presenters in Health Cert's advanced Certificate of Medical Nutrition Management. Her area of expertise lies in weight-neutral dietetics, also known as the non-diet approach, and mindful eating. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the Health Cert Podcast. Thank you for taking the time today to speak with me. Thanks. It's actually one of my, as you said, um, I guess, special interests, so I'm always happy to chat about this topic. So thank you for asking me. (laughs) That's so great. So great to have you here. Um, All right, well, let's get started. We've got a few questions for you, um, and hopefully by the end of this, our listeners will have a bit of a better understanding about the area that you specialise in. Okay, let's get started. So can you please start, Christina, with explaining to us what the non-diet approach to weight management actually means? Yeah, um, and I'm sure it can be confusing if someone hasn't heard about it before, because dietitians, I guess, are well-known for diets and nutrition so it's like "Mm, what's this about Um, I guess the non-diet approach is what we call a weight neutral approach Um, and it's it's really a set of strategies that all health professionals can use to support clients and patients in their healthcare. Um, the overall aim is to help patients and clients to improve their health but without necessarily changing body weight or, or seeking out um, a change in body weight. So rather than providing prescriptive advice, for example, on you know when to eat or portion sizes or meal plans, um, which traditionally have been advice in the past for community members that have concerns about their weight, uh, non-diet approach has really got a much stronger focus on supporting our patients to really eat, you know, for example, a wide variety of foods from each of the food groups, really listening to hunger and fullness um, a little bit more closely. And the overall focus is on nutritional quality in the diet of our patients rather than aiming for weight loss. Ah, I see, I see. And I often hear that mindful mindful eating is tied up or, you know, used alongside this approach. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, some people use it interchangeably, but mindful eating really just one kind of non-diet strategy that we can use with patients and clients. And I think most people probably know who are listening what mindfulness is, that's, I guess, bringing a sense of presence to whatever it is we're doing. And we know, I mean, there's actually different kinds of mindfulness. So the more formal kinds of mindfulness are things like meditation and yoga, um, but there are, I guess, less formal ways of practicing it and mindful eating is one of them. Um, and as I said, it's sort of one of the strategies we can use as a non-diet approach. And the kinds of um, mindful eating strategies we might include could be as simple as um eating with the senses, so just, you know, making sure we're eating with our five senses when we eat and really slowing down that eating process so we can bring a much stronger presence to when we're eating. Um, we can also be doing particular, yeah, activities on mm. hunger and fullness to really 
um, eat, I guess, according to our needs. And we can do particular activities like before eating, during eating and after eating around that. And then there's a whole, I guess, load of other mindful eating strategies that are more around managing or supporting people to manage emotional eating if that's been something that they've identified that's an issue for them. Yeah. Yeah, right. So it's really quite complex. There's a whole bunch of different aspects um, to mindfulness in relation to eating um, that yeah. needs to be considered. And I guess everything, for every patient, there's going to be different um, features of mindfulness or tools that are going to be needed. Exactly. And and with that non-diet approach, yeah, there's, I guess, lots of different tools in the toolkit. Mm. And um, health practitioners can, I guess, use different things depending on the patient or client. So, for example, if someone's um, someone that's been really overeating, but you know, probably has a good awareness of the kinds of foods to eat for a healthful life, then maybe something around like hunger and fullness might be something that we do. Um, but, for example, if that's not been identified for the person mm. as an issue, it might be just a simple case of making some swaps in their diet to. Um, you know, change the nutrient profile of what they're eating, but not particularly um, being prescriptive about it, just more yeah. about, you know, what else can you add rather than always saying what can you take away, <laughs> which is what <laughs> traditionally we love to do in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of uh, patients, they feel a little bit worried when they are referred to a dietitian that that is what is going to happen, that they're going to have to make do on less unless of their favourites and um, yeah. you know, this is a really interesting approach because it turns that on its head doesn't it? Yeah um, and it does align quite closely with a lot of the emerging evidence for many of the chronic diseases so particularly things like cardiovascular disease where there's a lot of research around dietary patterns and things like the Mediterranean diet and a lot of the features of that research aren't particularly focused on taking away anything from the diet. It's more about what's been included. Yeah. Yeah, right. So it's really interesting that those um, those two areas are kind of coming together. Yeah. Science as well. Yeah. Um, I've heard a little bit about something called health at every size. Can you tell me, is that the same thing as the non-diet approach or how do those two relate to one another? <laughs> I'm actually glad you asked this as a question. Um, it's a really good question because they are aligned, but often people use them interchangeably as though they're the same thing, but they're, they're not. Um, so health at every size is actually what's called a social justice movement. Um, and it's actually been designed to be available to everyone, to all community members. It's not something that actually started from a sort of health professional perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and it essentially means that everyone has a right to pursue health and can be healthy at every size. It doesn't mean you are healthy at every size, um, but we can be, um, depending on what, I guess, health behaviours we're following. Um, and there's particular principles or core principles that make up this concept of health at every size um, and that's things like it seeks to improve access to healthcare, so really um, promoting equity yep. for, for all groups of people in the community. There's a core principle that's around supporting size diversity or, or what we often call weight inclusive, which yep. is making it okay for everyone uh, in the community no matter what size they are. So 
you know, we we often in healthcare sort of talk about BMI and, you know, if you're not in a healthy weight range, then there's something wrong with you. But this is sort of flipping that on its head and saying, well, actually, we, you know, diversity is okay. It's okay to have different body mm. sizes in our community. Um, there's a couple of other principles. So, for instance, there's one around um, eating and it's, it's more around um, eating according to our needs, so more around intuitive eating. And yep. then there's, there's one around centered around exercise, which is really a principle that's based on um, promoting exercise for joy rather than um, for the pursuit of weight loss. Yeah. And the, um, what else would probably people need to know about that? I guess how that's different from the non-diet approach mm, yeah. is that the non-diet approach is something health professionals um, use. So it's really drawn on the principles of health at every size but it's yeah. I guess health at every size is for everyone and non-diet approaches like particular strategies health professionals will use um, and then within you know people that do use non-diet approach some will be weight neutral and they might use perhaps some of the principles of health at every size but there might be some health practitioners that sort of identify as being weight inclusive so they're doing a little bit more work around advocacy and really fighting for you know inclusion of all members of the community mm. um, yeah so there's the slight nuances within each of those terms yeah yeah oh that makes a lot more sense to me now and I'm curious there's something you mentioned earlier um, in your answer just then um, you mentioned that how about how you know traditionally we tend to as health professionals associate people um, who are in an overweight or obese um, weight category or above a, what we call a healthy BMI that um, we actually assume that they are not healthy um, but there's evidence now to suggest that that actually isn't the case and and I guess that is forming a strong foundation for the work that you're doing in terms of the non-diet approach and in and in, in pushing for um, you know increased acceptance and size for size diversity in all body sizes is that correct can you tell me a little yeah. bit yeah yeah there's and um, that's a big part of the emerging evidence for using this approach I guess that's the first thing that we we have traditionally used BMI as a proxy for health. We know it was never actually meant to be used to define an individual's health, but for whatever reason, um, it's here and it's been used quite widely for a long period of time. Um, a lot of, and I guess a lot of the evidence around this area is really related to chronic disease. And there is definitely a relationship between living in a larger body and chronic disease, but it's not necessarily a cause. It's just right. something like, I guess, an association. Um, and I guess working alongside that, there are a number of studies that are showing that people can actually have health improvements even without losing weight. So they could be living in a larger body, haven't lost weight, but have had health behavioural changes and as a result have had health improvements. So that's, yeah. I guess, yeah, the, the first, um, I guess, key area. There's probably... I don't. Know, I guess a couple of others. There's one, uh, um, I guess, core um, evidence base when we've moved to this non-diet approach, and that's really around the poor evidence that there, that exists for people to actually be able to keep weight off mm. in the long term. And I'm, I'm sure most people listening can identify that because we know many people 
that are on diets and to be honest we can probably recall not many people have actually been able to maintain that weight loss in the long term through lifestyle changes and the NH and MRC systematic review a number of years ago showed that so we've got yeah I guess the the um, fact that people can have changes to their health like positive changes to health without weight loss um, there's you know then the fact that people just generally find it difficult to maintain weight loss in the long term Mm. Um, and then probably the other one of the other important areas is just the effect of dieting Um, in general we know that those people who diet are more likely to have mental health concerns there's a high risk of an eating disorder Um, there's also sort of emerging evidence around weight cycling and weight Mm. going up up and down and what the long-term effect of that is within the body um, and and then there's a whole. I <laughs> don't want to like just open up into a massive conversation, but there's a whole load of emerging evidence around the effect that people feel from being stigmatised by their weight, and and what what that's doing to their health. And and one of the big ones is actually not accessing healthcare because mm. of the way people uh, perceive they're being treated due to their size. So. Um, it's so interesting and it's so important for us all as health professionals to really look within ourselves and, and you know, take a really hard look and see how we are contributing to the problem and what we can do to improve things for all people, regardless of their body shape or size. Yeah, um, it's just taking a step back and rethinking the way we're doing it. And there are, um, there are, you know, for any research nerds that are listening, there's been quite a few systematic reviews comparing that sort of traditional weight-centric approach with more of the weight-neutral approaches. And, Mm. you know, all of the things that we're looking or trying to support our patients with, you know, cholesterol levels, blood sugars, um, improved mental health, all of those things are showing up as outcomes of many weight-neutral studies. And and, um, I guess what it's showing is that weight-centric isn't any support any more superior um, than, and, than than weight neutral. Yeah. yeah, and I guess what you were saying before, it might even be creating some uh, problems in other yeah. areas such as people's mental health and well-being. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. And that, well, that was really good because I really was curious to know for our listeners, where can they find more information on how to um, implement a weight neutral approach in their practice? Is there a website they can go to or some resources available somewhere? There's loads. It's sort of like once you open open up, you're down the rabbit hole and you'll be like, wow, I had no idea where all of this exists. Um, probably as a first port of call, if anyone's interested in sort of the background behind all of this, you know, particularly mm-hmm. if you're interested in health at every size, there is an American website called the Association for Size, Diversity and Health. And... That has a lot of, you know, all of that background information to it that helps you to set the scene, I guess. And there are actually a few um, online lectures that are all there available free to watch. Um, there's also a new website in Australia called Health at Every Size Australia or HAES, H-A-E-S, and they um, list training opportunities. There's also like a list of providers. So yeah, if you're right. interested in connecting with someone else, 
um, whether it's yeah, I could GP, dietitian, psychologist, exercise professionals, there's a bunch of different people listed on there. Um, so that's a good way of connecting to find out what else is going on within Australia. There's um, awesome. and and within that website, yeah, if anyone wants to do more training, you'll find out about other courses. And I would also say probably the other thing which sort of leans into what you just mentioned before about acknowledging our own weight bias mm. is if anyone's using social media a lot, just doing a search for some of the, uh, I guess, regular hashtags in this space. So, you know, non-diet, haze or H-A-E-S. Uh, weight neutral, weight inclusive, and you'll start to see a range of health professionals and community members who um, are involved with this kind of work. And um, it really helps mm. to sort of open your eyes a little bit, you know, perhaps follow people you might not have followed before. Um, if, if anyone listening doesn't really have a, um, I guess what would, would be the word, lived experience of living in a larger mm. body, then it can sort of um, help you to understand that a little bit more by following people that do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So gaining a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, that's all so helpful. I'm going to, in the show notes for this um, podcast, I will pop those websites down and include a list of some of those hashtags that people can follow if they wanted to learn more. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, if people want to learn more, the health cert um, uh, advanced certificate of medical nutrition management contains your brilliant lecture um, <laughs> and and uh, assessment pieces um, on the non-diet approach and the evidence behind it and what it looks like and how people can start implementing it. So that's a really great resource as well. But Christina, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, it's been really interesting. It's such a new, exciting area. And um, I think we're just going to see more and more evidence come to light about how important um, to be across this this approach really is for all types of healthcare professionals so thank you very much for your time no worries thank you so much hope it was helpful it was thank you so much thank you thanks for listening if you like the podcast please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more and please share it with others and for more info please go to healthcert.com